the number of kids in this place, the rumbling. I kept thinking about, there's a scene in A Bug's Life where the, the, the evil grasshopper is talking with his henchmen, and the grasshopper said, don't take them lightly. He said, what, they're just ants. And the, the, the evil grasshopper says, they could, if they wanted to, they could overtake us all. They may be small, but there's just so many of them that if they knew what they were capable of, we'd all be in trouble. That has nothing to do with the sermon. It just feels like there were a ton of people in here, and then they all left. And they are, they are completely in charge. Um, the, if you read the story this week, it is, it is long. Uh, the, we have a lot of instances of David. We will be with David for a few weeks. Um, because David, like Lester said, is so important to the Old Testament, and it's important to the New Testament how David is constantly referenced in um, one way or another, how Jesus being tied to David is so important. And as part of the big story of God, from creation to redemption, we, David plays an, an important part. Now, what's interesting, though, is that you're not, we weren't supposed to have a king. Remember a couple of weeks ago, David, or Samuel said no to a king, and God said, it's going to be trouble. And they said, God said, well, let them have it. If they want one, let them have it. And so God is looking for a king who represents God. And in the end, that's what God's looking for now, is a kingdom that represents him. Representatives on earth of heaven. And it reminds me a lot of Jesus' prayer when he says, um, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are, we are called to look like or chase after the heart of God. And that's some, that sometimes can be tempting. Or tempt, we, it, it can be hard to do because we can be tempted to veer from that path. And veering from that path doesn't always look like what we think it might look like. Sometimes we veer from the path of God because we sin. We just do the wrong thing. Sometimes it looks a little different than that. We're going to be in a story at the end of uh, 1 Samuel. At the end of the, the story that we had this week. And it's in 1 Samuel 26. That's a lot of words for one slide. My apologies. Some of you got, oh, what's this, a toaster manual? No, it's it's just scripture. You'll be fine. The Ziphites went to Saul at Gebeah and said, Is not David hiding on the hill of Hakalah, which faces Jeshimon? I said that with a little French accent. I don't know if you like that. That was just for some of you. Jeshimon. So Saul went down to the desert of Ziph with his 3,000 selected Israelite troops to search there for David. Saul made his camp beside the road on the hill of Halakah facing Jeshimon. But David stayed in the wilderness where he saw that Saul, when he saw that Saul had followed him there. He sent out scouts and learned that Saul had definitely arrived. Then David set out and went to the place where Saul had camped. 
he saw where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, right, Abner, the, the commander of the army had laid, laid down. Saul was lying inside the camp with the army encamped around him. That's how you happen if you went out as a king, you had your army around you, you laid down and then they circled out so that if anyone wanted to get to you or get into the camp, they got to the king last. They had to fight through everyone else. So they laid down into the laid down and uh, and they laid down around him. David then asked uh, Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai son of Zeruah Joab's brother, "Who will go down to the camp with me to Saul?" "I will go with you," said Abishai. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying around him. Abishai told David, Today, God's hand, God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Abishai wants to do this himself. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. I mean, he's, he's serious. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a spear through him, and he's going to be stuck to the ground, and then he's going to wake up and be like, Oh, no! That won't happen. Don't, but David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him or his time will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. So David took the spear and the water jug near Saul's head and they left. No one saw or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. So David and Abishai walk into the the camp of Saul and they see him on the ground. And Abishai says, this is perfect. Just sleeping. And we, we could be, you could be king. And all it takes is one, one good stabbing. Just one, you're one good stab away from being king. And David said, no. Now, there's part, part of us, right, that goes, okay, really, David? Let's Nike this. Let's just do it. Come on, let's just, let's, let's put the spear where it belongs, and then you can take the throne. You're running from this guy. God has saved you from this guy. Why don't you just go ahead and stop running? And start, you know, kinging or whatever it is kings do. You take care of yourself. Take care of business. David says no. Now we got to remember that David isn't reading the story with us. David's living it. So he doesn't know the arc. He doesn't know the narrative. He doesn't know how things are going to happen yet. He's right in the middle. Sometimes we read the Bible like the characters are reading it with us, but they're not. They're just there and it's happening to them. So David is making a call about when he will become king. He's trusting God. Now, a lot of us would say, well, see, God, see, look, God put Saul right there in your hand. And Abishai would say the same thing. Hey, look, God has delivered him into your hands. Today, God has done it. And David said, no, 
God will handle this when God handles this. We will wait. David forgoed forgoed being king. He he did forgo being king. I didn't work that sentence out that well. David waited on being king so that God could make him king. It took time. Years, even after Saul dies, six, seven years, God, Saul's back and forth with, with Ishbosheth, a son of Saul. It's, it's not clean. It's not easy. And there's a good chance that if you're taking the easy path, it's not the right path. That if the will of God for you is to have an easy life, then that's not the will of God. If the will of God for you is to have an easy ascent to the throne, then it's not the will of God. It's going to take some time. And it's going to take effort and energy. When people have arrived, I've been there. I I, I used to think I had arrived. My early 20s. I had arrived. I figured it out. I know all the things my parents know and all the things they don't know. That That was when I was the biggest idiot. When I thought that I had arrived. When I thought that I'd figured it out. It's actually much more freeing to be wrong about a lot of things. To know, like, I'm going to learn something this year. That'll be great. I don't have to defend the truth I know. I get to learn new things. But that's harder. It's easier to just... to. Plant your roots and defend the truth that you knew. And that has been the same thing that you knew whenever you were 15. The same thing you knew when you were 25. The same thing you knew when you were 35 and 45 and 50 and on and on. That is so easy. Because then the Bible just confirms everything, every little thought you have. But the Bible and Jesus are going to challenge your life, to make it harder. If you are going to follow Jesus, it's not going to be an easy path. It's not, say say this prayer and get this money. It's not do this thing and get healed. It's It's not simple like that. And that's not what God has been promising all along. The Christian path is a path of slow ascent. Day by day, year by year, and it's not one that is well measured in the short term. You decide to follow Jesus, and then Jesus shapes you. You decide to be a disciple, and then Jesus disciples you. It's a slow ascent. Jesus was offered an easy path. A real easy path. Do you remember this? He was taken up to a high place. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. No cross. No death. No 
arguing with or dealing with dense disciples. Just bow down and worship me. In the story of David in Saul's camp, Abishai has no role except to be a tempter. That's his only role in the story. It's funny, actually. Uh, David says, grab his... David tells Abishai, grab his spear and his water and we'll get out of here. And then the next verse says, then David grabbed his spear and his water. Abishai just disappears. Now, he wasn't Satan. But in the telling of the story, Abishai's only purpose is to tempt David. And here Jesus being tempted says, look at all that I can give you. Now, Jesus is going to be king. But it's a long, hard road for Jesus. This is in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus Jesus has got to live 24 more chapters before he's king. It's a lot of chapters to live. But here he's given the easy road right at the beginning. And he said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. See, in this instance, Jesus wasn't, wouldn't be worshiping or serving Satan. He would be serving himself. And in the end, that's what Satan wants from you. Satan just doesn't want you to worship God. Satan doesn't want you to serve God. And the best option, the best, the easiest second place is yourself. That's what God, that's what Satan wants from us. But God wants us to take this, this journey. Jesus gets a bunch of disciples. And he, uh, he gathers, he doesn't get, he says, follow me. You go meet them at the um, boats. They're fishing. He says, hey, come on, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. You'll be my disciples. They said, okay. Once he got them all together, he didn't quickly like gather them up and go, okay, all right. Here's everything you need to know. Um, I'm the Messiah. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to res- be resurrected. Y'all need to be waiting. The Holy Spirit's going to come. Like he didn't feel, fill them with information. He just walked around with them. And over a period of three years, they learned it slowly. But not fully. It took them a while. Even later, after Jesus had gone back to heaven and they were, they were out teaching the, wor- the world about Jesus, Peter and Paul get in an argument about where Peter should sit at lunch. He was sitting with Jewish people when they showed up, but um, when Gentile people, when it was just Gentiles, he'd sit with the Gentiles, non-Jews. But whenever the Jews, people, Jews would come up, he'd sit at their table. And Paul gets upset with him. They're still figuring it out at that point. It's a long, slow process where day by day you are changed. Day by day you are shaped. Those of you who have run a marathon, um, those of you, I'm never going to do that because I'm not a crazy person. Um. But those of you who have, 
know that you couldn't have done it day one. Um, you probably couldn't have even walked one day one. But you have to get up and work every day and work your way up to it. And it's months of training, I'm told. Regina probably could run one tomorrow. No, she couldn't? Okay. Let's ask her. Here she comes. Regina, could you... <laughs> She's coming. Could you run a marathon tomorrow? Yeah, see, she could. She's a, the exception proves the rule. But it is, it is a long, it's a long, slow process to get to a certain place and to get to what God wants for you. God, where God, God has big dreams for you, but He is patient. Our God does not get in a hurry. God has watched centuries of people, centuries of people live and die and grow and, 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 and become what they need to be and become what they, the, the worst possible versions of themselves. God has seen it over and over again. So whenever you get into your life and you decide, I need to change, and then you get frustrated that tomorrow you haven't changed. And like we talked about during the announcements, if you get into like your marriage and you think, my spouse needs to change. And then you get frustrated that tomorrow they haven't changed. It's a long, slow road. It's a tough road. You know what's easy? Just be yourself. You be you. Say what's on your mind. Speak the truth as your brain sees it. That's easy. I heard that a lot in college. That's my generation. That's my, that might be my generation's fault. You know what's really important? you just got to be yourself. I don't know if I've ever heard anything that important be that easy. Just wake up and there you are. There's you. Sitting on the edge of your bed. It takes no work to be you. Be Jesus. Don't look like you. Look like Jesus. That's hard. And there's no shortcuts. There's no, there's no, and you can read, you can read a hundred blogs a day. If blogs are still a thing. You can read a hundred blogs a day about seven steps of looking more like Jesus. Or you can, you know, like and share pictures of Jesus that are actually Obi-Wan Kenobi on Facebook. That happens a lot. People are like, share this if you like, if you, if you want Jesus on your page, or are you too ashamed? I'm like, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi from the prequels. <laughs> Pay attention, it shows up. We Liking a post, sharing a post, putting a bumper sticker on your car, wearing a shirt, getting a bracelet... Easy, 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 easy. Love your enemy. Turn the other cheek. Forgive those who, are, who have wronged you. Pray for those who persecute you. Live that out. And see, see how hard that is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Live that out. 
and see how, come back to me when you get perfect at it. But every day we've got to be flexing our love muscle. We've got to be flexing flexing our forgiveness muscle, our patience muscle, our, our grace muscle. We've got to be doing the things that God has called us to do. Slowly and surely becoming better and better at it. There's a lot, uh, Nathan just started walking, our little baby Nathan, not Nathan Evans. Nathan Evans has been walking for a while. Nathan Toper just started walking, what, a couple weeks now? He's still awful at it, isn't he? Just kids are so bad. We celebrate the fact that they can take steps, but they're really bad at it. But we know every little step gets you better and better at walking. We've got eight and nine-year-olds who run into things still and fall down. My goodness, I've fallen down recently. We're the, only, we're the only species that trips, I think. I don't know if that's scientifically true or not, but I think it's close. I've just never seen a dog trip. But, I got off track. But as we learn to walk, as we take the steps, as we, the next one, the next one that... We get better at it. So if you want to follow Jesus, it's not just about saying, I follow Jesus. If you want to be a part of his large story, it's not just saying, I'm a part of his large story. It's saying, I believe that he exists. That's not the way you follow Jesus. The way you follow Jesus is on Monday morning, you wake up and decide that today I'm going to love people better than I loved yesterday because I follow Jesus. Today I'm going to forgive like I didn't forgive yesterday because I follow Jesus. And I'm going to be better at it today than I was yesterday and worse at it today than I am going to be tomorrow. And I recognize it's this long, slow ascent. It's going to take years to get there. But I'm not going to take any shortcuts. I'm going to do the hard work and trust God in the process. Like David standing over Saul being tempted to take a shortcut. We're going to say, no, God will take care of me. God will take care of me. Let me tell you a couple of shortcuts we take. We take them at church. We pretend to be what we're not. We say out loud and speak the language and I say, oh, I know, I know how... To sound like a Christian when I have to sound like a Christian. We pretend everything's okay and it's not. We pretend we're not depressed, anxious, addicted. We pretend we're not angry, jealous, and greedy. We pretend we're not proud and eaten up with bitterness over at people that we have yet to forgive. taking the quick route to Christianity. But the long, slow route involves saying, I am broken and I am in this with Jesus and He's changing me. But it's going to be a while before I'm not broken. And I might not get there. The long route involves vulnerability. The shortcut Involves pretending.
The long route involves confession and repentance. The shortcut is pretending that I don't have anything to repent from. Today's the day you stop taking the shortcut. (coughs) And you start. I felt that coming. I was like, you can finish the sermon before it comes. And it didn't. Wow. I might be out for the rest of the sermon. Um, Today's the day that you give up the shortcut. Take off the mask. And start living the long, slow journey of Christianity following Jesus. If you want to join Jesus in baptism, (coughs) excuse me, or (coughs) I'm not crying. You want to join Jesus in baptism, or just be fully vulnerable before a church that loves you and you can trust this church. You can trust this church with your brokenness. Please come forward while we stand and sing.